Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, this guy. It's me, Thunder and Lightning. How's it going? Oh, you used their line. <laughs> I love it. I like I, it. Well, because you know, I was doing that that dumb joke last week. I've been I was doing your my, your whole uh, yom Kippur, all and the yom and all, all the, the Kippur, all the power of yom and all the wisdom of Kippur. Um, <laughs> and uh, and this was just better. Like I like that. I I watched that video because I I um they sent me a link to that video uh, mm-hmm. about uh, a, a few days ago, a week ago, and I've just been watching it over and over and over because it cracks me up every time. The, the little suit. We'll get into. It. There's a little suit. For thunder and lightning that just makes me laugh every time. I like when he has it in the hands and he's <laughs> moving them around like those bocce balls or whatever they are. It's it's I mean there's so much to talk about. So I, I want to dive quick, in, but yeah, let's let's hit some hard. stuff before we I dive got in. told this and it was a good note for me yesterday. Welcome to Stuck at Home, where we where Cliff and I, Jason, talk about new content that's coming out, new music, new video games, all the fun things that are going on that um that can keep you occupied while you're stuck at home. Right. We'll tell you all about the streaming wars and what to stream. Just just tune in here. What to listen to. Everything. All the content you can take. And if you can't take it all, we'll find a way to give you more content real deep. We will cram it in there. If you you think you can't take it all. That's from Brockmire. (laughs) He's he's pumping. You started started the new season, finally. Listen, we have to have a real serious conversation about the genius of season. I never saw it. Season four of Brockmire. We talked about it because we talked. I was like, "It's out," and you're like, "I wait until it comes out all the way." And I was like, "All right, you're gonna." It's watch great. it all last night. Like, I don't even think I, I. I think I. It took me quicker to watch it than the amount of minutes in each episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could not ingest it fast enough. I'll watch it again, but it is. It's prophetic. I mean, the the predictions in there. It's literally utopia. Yep. Oh yeah, it's crazy. It's so, talking about bats. I mean, we can go through it. I really want to go through it. It's this such season, a crazy season, and um, and just the 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 approach that they took to it is so weird and awesome. Well, that's uh, what I love. The weird and awesome. It's a standalone season, and you yeah. know, I like things like that where you have something that's serialized, and then you do something that's standalone, and it's equally as good, if not better. And I think that's something we've seen, you know, time and again with our guest today. Oh, yeah. You know, which I'm yeah. very. I'm very excited very about, but but you see this with Ninja Sex Party where they'll they'll you know do these these parody songs and then they'll get serious and they'll do you know the covers which blew up for them and then they get really serious and they write like a serious album which is coming out on the 16th the, the prophecy and it's uh, like they're banging back and forth between you know irony and not and they're being equally successful with both. No, it's oh they're so funny the the, the songs are funny are funny but like I like I was um I was kind of talking to you off air. Yeah. You know, in order to get this in, like, I got to sneak this stuff in with my wife. Like, I can't just go straight with Orgy for One, right? I can't just go straight <laughs> into Thunder and Lightning. I got to go like, hey, they did an aha cover. And then she's like, oh, this is great. And then I can like, creep in the next song. And then, you know, like, it just takes time. 
It just takes yeah. a little it's sneakiness. Well, the bad version of their band. Ah, and then next thing you know, it's yeah, exactly. Well, no, I feel like uh, uh, Bill Burr and F is for Family kind of ripped them off a little with Justin Long's band about wizards. And, you know, he's always writing those 19-minute songs. I, mean, yeah. I, I, I seriously, they have a song out, right? Or is it out? It's uh, 12, 12 minutes? 12 minutes, Mystic Crystal? Yeah, seriously. This is yeah. real, but this is not orgy stuff. No, this I is know. like Lord not of the Rings shit. Orgy. Not orgy. I don't like only songs about orgies, Cliff. I want to hear. My name's Jason, and I need to set the record straight. I only listen to about 20 to 30% of my content is orgy-based music. The rest of it has to do with wizards, also love, also lost love, broken hearts, and hanging with my boys. All right? So just be aware that only a certain percentage of me is orgy-based. Where do wizards come in? Oh, and... Did I, you I'm mention pretty, wizards? I'm about 12% wizards. I've got, like, the Ballad of Billabo Baggins in there and a little bit of... Yeah, and a, and a whole bunch of ninja sex parties. So we're good. Yeah, I'm like 63% on the wizard. <laughs> right on. Part. I, I love the wizard stuff. But let's not talk to each other about this. Let's not, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, this we is can have group talk. Yeah, absolutely. See what I did there? Group talk. Let's have an orgy of conversation. All right. <laughs> so sure. I don't know. Our next guest, it's Dan Avedon, right? And it's Brian Wecht, a.k.a. Ninja Brian and Danny. <laughs> I got to talk to him when he changed his name to Sex Bang because there was a different name for it. So it's Danny Sex Bang. And I, these guys just crack me up. I, I just love them. So without any further ado, can we just welcome the members of Ninja Sex Party? Yeah. Hello. Brian. Hey guys. Dan, oh, wow. what's up? Yeah, Very boy. nice to see you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Look how good you guys look. We were talking about this, Brian. Your mustache there is completely groomed. It looks fantastic. Well, thank you very much. I did just trim it down today. What is that? Is that like a? Is that a uh, like the San Quentin special? Is that like it's just what? Explain what that is. It's one mustache. It, it's it? it's one. Yeah, that's right. It's one contiguous hair region that explores most of my face. Uh, I did. I was doing the full like what they call the friendly mutton chops, which start here and go down there for a like, bit. I can almost do that. Yeah, like a very, you know, late 19th century kind of thing. And then <laughs> due to objections from certain partners in my marriage, I shaved it down to something less than that. But you still, you're holding on to this, which looks fantastic. Thank you. Well, like, yes, it does. Thank you. No, it does. I love it. And because and it's, it's effort. It, it's there. And, and Dan, you got the entire rock star thing. It's like Sebastian Bach and Metallica. Dan's got this big, bright blue king's hat. Is that a king's hat? I can't oh, no, see. It's a kangaroos hat. It's um, an Australian football team. Uh, yeah, they get a lot of coverage here in LA. Uh, it, we, we were we were touring, and um, uh, someone was wearing a jersey of them in Australia, and I was like, "That is awesome looking." And then they were called the kangaroos, which I was like, "That's the least threatening animal I've ever heard a sports team named after." That was before I knew they could kick the hell out of you. Yeah, they'll car. really fuck you up, yeah, kangaroos. Totally. I couldn't um, believe yeah. they were just wandering around down there. I did not expect, like, I remember remember we were staying in, in Perth, and near our hotel, there was just like a little island in the middle of the river, which had a whole bunch of kangaroos just chilling just out. Just hanging out? Like, yeah. like I always thought they were like in the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so first of all, guys, seriously, thank you for being here. Um, I love what you guys do, and you've been doing thank it for a while now. No, thank you for bringing the smiles and the laughs. And in this time in life, we really need this more than ever. So I'm glad you worked out. You're having a record release, right? The Prophecy is coming out October 16th? Yep, that's right, October 16th. And the new video? Uh, we Yep, so we have a video. Yeah. We had a video last Friday, 
<laughs> new video this Friday and a new video, another new video, a third one uh, on the day the album comes out on the 16th. Wait, what's the one this Friday? It's called Wondering Tonight. Oh. And it's a, a tender love ballad with some very explicit language. Oh, good. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah no, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. I like this. And, and wait, wait, when are we getting uh, Mr. Crystal? The video. Uh, Danny, do you want to? Sure. Uh, Mr. Crystal is, um, it's been in the works for uh, a long time now, like maybe six, seven months. And uh, it's got a ton of animation and a, con a ton of uh, VFX. And so it's basically uh, in the hands of people more talented than we are right now. <laughs> and uh, whenever it's ready, we'll, we'll just set it out into the world. But oh, it's a 12 minutes about wizards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it turns out uh, it takes a long time to make that video, especially when we've got like this amazing team of animators doing their own thing. And we've got our like effects guy who, and slash director who's working on his side of it. So it's like, it's a lot to put together. I can't even believe you're doing it. You need like the South Park machine to do it. Yeah, right. Yeah, you really do it. And we're watching the, is, is this, wait, tell me the right title because I don't want to get it. Is Thunder and Lightning? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the song about my nuts. Um, <laughs> sure is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad I connected with you emotionally. Well, I, I mean, you know, what I liked is that you thought you had powers from getting hit in the nuts by lightning. And then when you went to actually see if you had powers, you got the living crap beat out of you. And then you asked God for a simple prayer. You see, I can follow the story. That's what yeah, I like. It's, it's a tale as old as time. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert, though, Cliff. Spoiler alert. Jason. Oh, that's a good point. Thanks, Jason. Yes. I know. I should have done that. Oh, guys, I'm sorry. But the video real has been out now since get, Friday. Real quick before you get into all the other questions, because I know there's a lot of stuff. So much. You do, who do you guys get to animate? Do you guys do all this? Because you got a lot of great animated uh, pieces. Where do you, where yeah. Do you well, these guys that did this one are called Apartment D. Uh -huh. And I think they, I mean, they're last, when we visited their offices last, they were at Starburns mm -hmm. and uh, they've done a bunch of stuff uh, for a variety of different uh, people, including us. They did a little bit of uh, a video we put out earlier this year. And other than that, uh, well, there's this team called Knights of the Light Table, who's okay. working on Mystic Crystal. They're incredible. Uh, and then we have a bunch of very talented, like individual animators yep. uh, who do various other stuff for us. Well, you guys, I mean, you have great we people. I, I mean, I'm really impressed with this stuff. And, you know, obviously, we know, you know, we do a lot of stop motion stuff, but I really, really right. am impressed with what you guys are doing with these. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to, I was just curious. Yeah, no, no. we're very fortunate, man. Just because we've been doing YouTube for so long, these just folks enter our sphere. And if they're really talented and really nice, then we work with them. See, that's, that's yep. lovely. If they're really talented and really nice, those are the two. It's not just that's, really talented. I love that. Thank you. For and it's also, that. it's cool because we get to see, we've been doing this long enough and working with the same people long enough that we get to see these guys develop as artists kind of a, along with us. So uh, the one person I'm thinking of in particular is, he's this young Danish guy who mm -hmm. goes by Shuchiru, who's done, what is it, Danny? Three, four videos for us? Yeah, now? I think around that. Yeah, and it start and he started out like amazing, and now it is at like transcendent, you know. And he he's animating a song for the upcoming album called "Welcome to My Parents' House," and we're not quite sure when that's going to be out. But he just sent us a cut of it the other day, and it's like we're like, I can't believe this is the same guy that did this other video, you know. It's it's like such a step up from what was already great. Well, it's interesting when you give people the ability to grow what they can do, especially if you're starting with talent and like you said, uh, good person 
like yeah. a good human soul, then, you know, if you give them someone, an, uh, you know, uh, uh, an opportunity in any way, they're going to be like, oh, well, <laughs> give me a minute here. So, okay, yeah. so we have this to look forward to. So I want to jump back with you guys for a second because, you know, it's a, <laughs> I don't say this jokingly, you created a, a, a I'm going to say this, a fucking empire based on, <laughs> no, but really, I mean, you did, right? I mean, how, 13 million followers. I mean, you have all, you put out albums, you put out CD, you put out vinyl, right? So you're in New York. That's where this starts. And for me, it's funny when all these things happen, it, it seems all these roads lead back to UCB. It's like the SCTV of this, you know, this generation. So you're in New York and uh, uh, a girl, you know, a woman, you know, introduces you guys. Yeah, that's right. So um, I had been doing music for maybe 10 years by that point and had no luck whatsoever. Uh, so I started doing comedy at UCB just to take a, like a mental health break, you know, like a breather from it. And uh, that's when Flight of the Concords came out and Lonely Island was big. And yeah, geniuses. Uh. And um, that's when it clicked that, oh, comedy music can actually be great music, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which I probably knew from Tenacious D earlier too. Um, yeah, and Weird Al before that even. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. And so uh, Julie, Julie Katz um, was uh, a woman in one of my improv classes at UCB. And I asked her if she knew anyone who uh, would be an awesome musician uh, who would be willing to dress up as a ninja and kill people on stage. And she said, I know just the guy. <laughs> Enter Brian. That was me. Yep. yep. And, and you guys both, so you start writing? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Go, yeah, go for it. Okay, yeah. So we, <laughs> we met, and as soon as – I had met maybe two or three people before that, and it mm -hmm. was kind of clear that we weren't on the same wavelength or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but with Brian, it seemed like there was something right away. Uh, and um, then, yeah, we just started – I guess our original – our original goal was to try to get a TV show like Flight of the Concord, something like that. Right. Um, so we started doing local shows around New York to try to, um, I'm sorry, I have this on a pillow. That's why I'm like slowly floating away. <laughs> uh, um, That's what's happening. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, much more engaged with what you were saying than where the camera was. Okay, floating, fair so enough. Continue, please, Dan. Um, yeah, so it, it just seemed like uh, – that was our original goal. And we started doing these shows around New York with that in mind. Like maybe we could get an agent to notice us and start right. writing scripts and stuff like that. And then somewhere along the line, um, we decided to make a YouTube video and that so clearly outpaced whatever else we were doing. Um, we thought, Oh, maybe, maybe the people we're trying to reach are on this platform. Yeah. And then, I mean, the, yeah, that was it. The, the first shows we did, like if we got 10 people there at, it was the pit mainly that we did. And then UCB, we guested on a few things in New York. And if it was like 20 people, we were like, Oh yeah. 20 whole oh, people. Wow. Yeah. Right. yeah exactly. And then we put out our first video and like a couple hundred people saw, but maybe even if we, I can't remember that first one, Danny, how, how much it was initially, but we put it out there. And it was a couple hundred people right out of the gate. And we were like, what? Mine's blown. And yeah. And it just like totally changed how we thought about the band. Like Dan said. Yeah. The, the, the big, the, the big thing uh, was the second video we put out was called The Decision. And um, that was, uh, at the time, uh, in the New York comedy scene, Donald Glover and his crew, uh, Derek Comedy, they were really big. And everyone could kind of see that, like, these guys are going to go. And he 
uh, he liked that video and put it on a blog that he had at the at the time. Donald. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, and um, yeah, super again, that's super great. nice guy. Oh. And uh, then that yeah, this is the, yeah, there. It is that's the video. one. And so after he did that, I think the video got something like six thousand views. And which is <laughs> now your minds are on the floor. This is just so DIY. I mean, looking at this, oh it's yeah, great. yeah, yeah, fantastic. Like, we made it six thousand. And- I mean, that's a crew of one person shooting that video. Like maybe we had a guy helping us with lights, <laughs> but that the the director, editor, everything was our friend Jim Turner. Uh, who was just like our one-stop dude for all of our early videos. So it's extremely DIY, yeah. Yeah, and and that's Julie. Sorry to interrupt. Um, That's Julie who introduced us in the video. I was just going to ask that. I I had a feeling it was. So that is Julie. She looks really funny. (laughs) She's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, okay, so I see, first of all here, we're going to talk about two changes from inception uh i see the jewish star the star of david so we're lonsman but i see this now and i I see that you changed it 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 kind of uh morphed into this amway jewish star (laughs) (laughs) uh, i'm I'm told it looks like the um that republic blue and red recycling star that are on is on dumpsters a lot yes that's it yeah yeah Waste uh, management is going to be in touch. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it, it wasn't. I mean, I'm still Jewish. It wasn't like it, it wasn't a conversion. It, change. It, it was just that um, as we got more attention, uh, people started asking more and more questions about um, our personal lives and our feelings on issues. And nope. Uh, yeah, exactly. With, right. with the, with We're the story, David, these are characters. It, yeah. And they were like, uh, Smart. What are, what are your feelings on um, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? And I was nope. like, I'm changing the star, dude. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, thank yeah, you. No, music. Nope. <laughs> Not doing yeah. any of that. Talk to Bono. Totally. I don't want any part of it. Okay. No, I, I love this. All right. So, so, and then let's talk before I, I launch forward. You know about the uh, the change in in the name from Sex Nuts. You do any shows as Sex Nuts? No. It was. Uh, Danny Sweetnuts was Sweetnuts. I'm sorry. I, oh I, I no, no. I mean, Sweet we, nuts. Yeah, that's that an important good. distinction. It really is. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. I, it, I it, that was my name in Guitar Hero. That was the name of my character, Danny Sweetnuts. And, oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, that's how it started. Oh wow. And then, here, um, yeah, and then after uh, we started the group, I, it just didn't feel explosive enough, so uh, <laughs> it became Sex Bang, and. Um, and now I wish it was just Dan. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did I start all this? Yeah, yeah. But now you're making original songs. I mean, now, and by the way, you still got to make a really sweet song about your nuts, which oh, yeah. is yeah. Thunder and Lightning. Ten years later. Right. Ten yeah. years later. So this has been a 10-year journey now, right? So, you know, now let me ask you this. Your, your first album is these, you know, these parody, well, they're not parody songs because they're original melodies and lyrics. So they're original mm-hmm. songs. So I can't even yep. call them parody songs. They're just funny. Yeah. Okay. So you make an album of funny songs. And then like, I, I wrote this down because I just wanted to get the dates right. So you, you, you do the, your first album and then you switch, right, to Under the Covers. And, and what is that decision there where you're like, you know what? I think this is going to be smart for our fans and you even build more fans. Like what happens there? Well, it was actually, so we, we didn't figure it out that far. <laughs> no, like we, everything we've done, you're ascribing an amount of planning to it that definitely was not present. Uh, so we actually, we had three original albums out before we put the, the first cover out, the first cover album out. And really what kind of spurred that on was we did a cover of the theme from The Last Unicorn, 
a great animated movie. Yep. And that was our, kind of the first cover we ever did. And then we started working with this band TWRP out of Canada. And we were like, you know what? As kind of like a proof of concept, could we work with these guys thing? Let's try That's some Tupperware. Tupperware party? Tupperware, yeah. Right. Uh, Tupperware Remix Party. Now mm -hmm. they just go by TWRP usually. Uh, and we were just like, look, a cover a cover album is an easy way to work with these guys. It's songs we loved. And I bet we could do some really fun songs that we grew up with. And that's how the first cover album happened. But this we was were, a big we blow were, up, right? Yeah. Go, go we ahead, Dan. People were into it. Um, <laughs> we, we, thought, yes. uh, we thought it was just going to be like a little throwaway, no one pays attention to it kind of thing. And um, but yeah, it, it it was I think at the time more popular than the previous albums, oh, original albums that we've done. Yeah, by a long shot. Yeah, yeah. So well, then, I mean, and that's a big thing to say because you you know you were number four and six in the Billboard comedy charts. I mean, albums. This is not a small feat. Yeah, yeah. at the time. Um, and and then and then we just figured, well, it takes us about two years um, to write a comedy album. Uh, because we try not to rush it. You know, every time we've tried to rush it, it, it the songs don't end up uh, coming out right and we end up doing them over anyway. Uh, so uh, we just figured let's, in those gaps, um, when we're writing um, original stuff, we could just be recording cover stuff. And mm. that way we've been able to just put out an album every year kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, I think we've had since, what is it, Danny? Since 20... Six, 15 we've had an album out every year yeah uh, i think we did 2011 2013 and then every album every year from 2015 on yeah yeah i mean that's, that's crazy so there's no planning involved in this okay that's that's interesting so let me ask this what do you listen yeah. that, that, sometimes the best is no planning this is where you find <laughs> these beautiful accidents you know and you're like you know because really if you guys let me ask you if you sat down to plan this out would you ever have planned this out no i mean this was kind of like beyond our wildest dreams. You know, we, we, as Danny said, originally it was like, Oh, maybe it'll be like a flight of the Concords TV show kind of thing. That's where we were aiming. And the idea that it became this whole YouTube thing with the fan base that we have was loyal fans. Yeah. Very loyal. loyal. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a big it, distinction. Don't you think? Between yeah. what loyal well, and between well, fan fans, base and loyal. yeah, like you can get viewed and you can get a lot of views and you can have 10 million views, but to have loyal fans, is a big difference between that and getting peeped on here and there and having fans that are oh, kind yeah. of, most fans are lukewarm. That's right. I mean, it, I think there was a famous thing. I forget wh who said it many years ago. I remember reading, if you can get 10,000 true fans, true loyal fans, you kind of have a career for life. And that's what I think of our fans as true fans. Like they're, they're, they show up for everything we do and it's, it, it just blows us away every time. Well, yeah, it's a known thing too. Like as soon as I heard you guys were on, I was like to Jason, I'm like, are they posting? Are they telling their fans that like you're gonna be on here because it's big for us? No, but really, it's not a small thing to have people that are that loyal and that rabid. So, yeah. so, so, is this something that you noticed early on? Because I feel like you developed all of this out of Guitar Hero. You're like, oh, I get one fan when I do the tour. I'm gonna use my name from Guitar Hero. You're like, if I just build this amount of fans. So, so. Is this something that you really noticed and started cultivating again or no? Just like we just kept making music and this happened. Well, I would say the, the, the biggest, the most noticeable breakthrough, we, we had a couple of little breaks and then there was a big break. Um, I was asked to join a YouTube channel called Game Grumps, which is a, a Let's Play mm -hmm. um, comedy show that 
uh, is out daily. So our, our biggest challenge in the early years of NSP was that no, no matter how hard we worked on these videos and uh, how hard we worked on the music, we couldn't put them out at a rate faster than once every couple of months. Mm. And um, in internet time, that's, I mean, you're just, you're gone. Right. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, no one will remember. Yeah. So uh, having this kind of daily engine, which um, kept us in people's minds, was very, very helpful. And from that point- And which also had a huge fan base when you joined it, which is- yes since only increased. So it, when Dan joined Game Grumps, it was like this built-in group of people that were going to see uh, what he was doing kind of no matter what. And then they decided they liked you. Yeah, it, it, it reminded me a lot of um, the South Park guys were talking about, mm. they have this band called DVDA and uh, they did, I can't, I don't even know if I can say what it stands for on this you show. You can, you totally oh, can. It's double yeah. vaginal, double anal. Uh, and so, Thank yeah, you. double vaginal, double anal. Jason, get South that part, guys. And they, so they're. I, they I was just writing it down. How many anals? Uh, that's double. double. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, okay. Glad we cleared that up. Uh, yeah. So they. You can text um, me, Jason. I'll tell you. They wanted to be uh, a band initially, um, mm. and then South Park got big, and then they were able to like work in their stuff uh, musically into that. So I remember watching an interview with them. Uh, where people would ask them, how do you get your band to be popular? And they were like, well, you need to have a number one hit TV show and then your band will be popular. And <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a, a good answer. It, it, yeah, it's it really a scale, but like I, I could honestly answer if, if someone asked me, how do you get your band to be popular? I would say, you know, join a Let's Play channel. You know, it's just such right. a weird, like once, once in a lifetime kind of, thing that opened up and we were we were lucky and then from that point uh after 2013 or 14 when we realized we had this audience then then it was just a matter of like never ever letting go of that that tiger you know because yeah i I don't know what how we'd get the engine going again if it and stopped it always it always feels you know it's like classic like entertainment industry thing where you're like is this all going to disappear tomorrow for reasons that are just kind of mysterious so we recognize that we are so lucky with what we have right now and so we want to like basically do what we can make all the coolest shit we can make while we have the opportunity uh while we still have people who are you know paying for stuff that finances the stuff we want to make so we definitely you know we realize how how much of a, a weird unicorn this thing that that we have is you worked unicorn back in. I like it. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so, but really now, so let's take a minute then to walk into the fact that you wrote a 12 minute song, right? Myth of Crystals. And you, you basically, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to use the word kickstart, but you use crowdfunding, right? To finance yeah. the video. That's right. We sold a, a pin, basically uh, like a super fan pin, limited edition thing, pin. And cause we knew that we, we, we wrote a treatment for the video. And we gave it to our, you know, our director and producer and they were like, here's what this is going to cost. And we were like, oh God, oh no. And (laughs) then we cut that in half Mm -hmm. and then it was like, oh God, oh no, because it was still (laughs) not doable. Um, And we were like, well, this seems like we have never done a fan funded thing before. I mean, anything, any money we make from the videos, we, you know, put back and we're not funded by anyone like we put it all back into the stuff we make but this was a thing where we didn't have the capital to float for anything we wanted to do so we sold a pin and said that anything if you buy this pin all the money from that like we calculated it 
proceeds from this pin are going to fund the video. And they sold out really quick. And that meant we could make the video. We were like, we, and we had no budget? idea. For the first budget? No, 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 no. That first budget was like, I mean, <laughs> that was now like Now you should have shot for the first budget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, we, I think this, the one that's coming out this week will be our 55th music video, I think. Is that, and, wow. Yeah. And, and we, up until the Mystic Crystal, we've always paid out of pocket because we didn't want to, we didn't want the fans to pay for anything. It just didn't feel right. right. Um, yeah. And, uh, the the amazing thing about the Mystic Crystal was how enthusiastic they were about, you know, helping us create something yeah. cool. Because it, it it was like, please let me uh, let me help you create the best something to the best of your ability. Because mm. we every, it, I mean, it sounds kind of like a downer, but like every video we do, we think, well, maybe this is the last one, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Not not because of our choice, just because of the the oh, yeah. changing tides of YouTube and entertainment and everything like that. In so the world. We, we yeah we just try to do everything to the absolute limit of what we're capable of doing, um, mm-hmm. and uh, somewhere in the in the line of doing that over and over, um, that's where the loyalty came from the fan base, and we're as loyal to them too because we don't want to let them down. Right, and that's a moment that's right. though. When when that when those pins sell out, that like how fast did they sell out? I, it was probably like a week, maybe something a like week. that. We were amazed. Or, yeah, and we, we we every time something sells out, and you know not, things don't always sell out, but every time it sells out, we're like, oh my god, I can't believe they like showed up. This happened with our pre-orders for the upcoming album. We signed a, a limited number of them, which we do pretty much every time, and we were like, okay, hope people buy it. And they sold out in a day this time. And it's like, well, uh, okay, they're still there. Like, you know, you see the views, you see yeah. the numbers of people watching. And, right. you know, there's always this small part of you that's like, okay, they're there. But you don't really believe it until people show up and, and show their support for the album. So right. it's, you know, we, we could, th- the fact that this one sold out in a day was like mind blowing to us. We definitely did not expect that. And you guys got a graphic novel too, right? About this whole journey you took. Yeah, See, I know shit. Yeah, that's yeah. another dream come true. Because to to work um, uh, to work on NSP, the free time I needed, uh, I was right before that. Uh, I was fired from a comic book store. And uh, which one? Here uh, in LA? Uh, no, back in New York, Midtown Comics. Okay. And, Fuck them. Yeah, fuck him or thank you. It was it was really the best thing that happened to you. That, that's that's actually really funny because um in it's in the graphic novel. Um, the one of my coworkers did say that he he said this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you, and uh, he's, he's he was right in a sense. And the idea that the story of the band that got created as a result of the time I had after getting fired from the comic store was then on the shelves of the comic store <laughs> 10 years later. It was like really, really weird and surreal. Um, the that. Cool. the most that. surreal thing for me with that was for a period of time, maybe a few days to a week on Amazon, that graphic novel was listed as the number one martial arts biography. <laughs> which, Get out. Yeah. And That's it's like awesome. next to biographies of real, you know, like martial arts figures. Bruce, Lee. Bruce Lee thing <laughs> next. And I'm this weird poser ninja you know, uh, this like white guy from New Jersey who has the number one martial arts biography of this fake ninja character. Like it just felt 
It, it was also felt like, well, right. It felt so right. Yeah, you learned it. That, well, did we? Like, <laughs> for, you know, it, it felt like, okay, you know, that, that it was, it's a cool fact, but there was a little bit of me that was like, oh, I don't know about this. Hey, man, they're written, there are categories for a reason. People want to feel comfortable. <laughs> the, you got, yeah. You're a ninja. The first word yes. that people say is ninja. It doesn't matter what comes That's after right. it. Okay. Yeah. Just to be clear, I mean, you're always going to be that. I screenshotted that for sure. So I've been like. <laughs> Just to be clear. It. Yeah. Right. And uh, did you have one artist do the whole book or did you use multiple artists? Uh, it was through a company based here in LA called Fantoons. Mm -hmm. And they have a, a team. Uh, the main engine behind that was this guy, David Calcagno, uh, who's a really wonderful dude who who runs Fantoons. Uh, and he and his team of artists uh, did it. So I forget the names of the actual, of the artists who did it. Unfortunately, I can't remember right now. Oh, but, it's but it was like a team of people. Fantoons yeah. is the most important thing to remember. And right. they've done a bunch of, they had, they did a coloring book for us too, but they've done like, uh, Zappa stuff, Rush stuff, Motorhead. They have a Find Lemmy book for Motorhead. Mm. Like they do, That's I mean, dope. they're called Fantoons because they're fans of, you know, lots of different stuff. And they have this incredible, super talented team of international artists, literally all over the world, uh, who who work on that stuff and, and the stuff for us too. See, I, I love this. Hey, Jason, Jason, I, I, I know you want to ask some things. Come on, come on here. Hey. What's going on? All right. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I just look at all this stuff. Does it ever feel like, do you feel like, um, like, do you feel like rock stars ever? Like when you guys are doing this, when you guys are out here? Not, I mean, Dan's just shaking his head. No, yeah, yeah. the only time it, like, the answer is no, but you know, when you're, <laughs> so we, we did, uh, our, we had a 10th anniversary show in Chicago last year and we played to a small arena uh, about 8,000 people and that's probably and it still feels surreal but that's probably the only time where I've been like wait this sort of feels like a rock star thing to play to this huge audience of people in an arena which I guess it, it is but it doesn't I don't know it, it, you know, it YouTube is especially it, okay yes you're, <laughs> it, you're that's right. a okay. and you. b I'm pretty sure the term small arena is an oxymoron <laughs> <laughs> not according well, to our agents listen to what you're telling <laughs> yeah. your subconscious Brian you're yeah, saying yeah. no small arena. No, you played at a fucking arena, man. We played it. It's true for eight thousand yeah. people. I mean, go on, Jason. These well, are good no, I, I love I your questions. Well, I just I because I, I watch you guys and and Dan, you um you've got the swagger down in the the show. Like if I didn't know and I hadn't met you, like I'd be yeah. like, I know that guy. He's a fucking asshole that plays at the 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 the, the place near me. Like just thinks he's uh, he's got those moves and he thinks he got it going on. But it's a great character, Brian. You are the perfect ninja because your eyes I can get lost in. I don't need to see the rest of your face. Uh, thank you. To know it's your soul. Um, <laughs> no, I mean that's the truth, man. Like we we. It, it, YouTube is a very weird type of famous slash not famous, right? Where um, you know if you if you go to a convention or maybe some kind of like nerdy mm. uh, get get together area, uh, th then you might get recognized and it, it feels like something. But for the most part, we just walk around town and no one cares. That's and, cool. <laughs> and also just the fact that like we're we're both you know we both live with our significant others and uh brian has a daughter and we're both in our 40s and we're just over ourselves yeah like this all became a thing when we were well into our 30s and by that point you know it was kind of like well you know I, I i i was a physics professor in london it was like so like that you know i had this whole other 
thing where I was just teaching classes and doing research and yeah, you, know, you were a was physics kind of just like, professor in London. Let's just oh let's yeah, just, let's just hit the brakes for a second on that. What what where in London? So I was I was a faculty member at uh, Queen Mary University of London, and <laughs> I was so my my whole career that I was my path I was on when we started NSP was I was uh, was a theoretical physicist. So I did research in string theory, supersymmetry, particle physics, uh, and so I did the whole like grad school, postdoc, faculty member. Thing and you know, oh, you, academics is, is one of the least glorious professions. Uh, so, in terms of like, you know, did you see who won the Nobel Prize today? I didn't. I didn't read it yet, but I heard. Yeah, that today it was uh, two chemists for CRISPR. Yes, uh, CRISPR. For, yes, yeah, for CRISPR. Mm. Uh, yesterday okay. for physics, it was Penrose, who's an all-timer theoretical physicist. And then uh, well, two other. Well, wait, people. Brian. Theoretical yeah. is now getting props. Sorry, Dan, but we're going to talk about this. You're drinking like a forty of water. Really cool. Yeah. Oh, dude, I need it. I need it. <laughs> but no, no, no. Right, you're getting some props now because for a long time the quantum guys were like, nah, theoretical. You guys are not. Not well, cool. It's it's a, well, you know, it's weird because the thing I did, which was mainly string theory and supersymmetry, is not actually when the LHC turned on. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, almost ten years ago now. Uh, they looked for this thing called supersymmetry, which was this whole bunch of other particles and have not found it. And so like the very specific thing I was working on has, has kind of diminished in the eyes of like, how real is this? Because they hmm. thought they'd see these extra particles and they haven't yet. It doesn't mean they're not there, but it certainly is not a good thing for the people who believed in it. I would just so, get a new operator for the Hadrian Collider. Okay, so, so and let's we can discuss the Drake yeah. the, the Drake equation too because I'm positive that aliens are real. <laughs> oh, I I think that I, I think aliens are real and we will never know for sure. That's my <laughs> really that would yeah. suck. I know for sure in my heart. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's very unlikely that there aren't aliens. I think it's also very unlikely that we'd align like you know time wise and. Uh, within civilizations and have the technology to get near each other and communicate. Even but, guys, hey, you don't consider yourselves rock stars. Come yeah, on, look at listen this. to this language. Well, listen, guys, I really appreciate you guys being here. And if you don't so mind much. what I want to do and you guys can leave or you guys can stay, but we want to just uh, play your new song um, with the new video that we have, the thunder and lightning. Cause I, if I'm not the only one that's going to sing it for the rest of the day, it's everybody, yeah. all our stuck at home. He's got to do it too. And the video is awesome. It's so funny. Thanks for so that. Guys. We just wanted to say thank you very much for being here. We're huge fans, and and we really appreciate this. And uh, let's very rock. much. Yeah, thank you thank so you much, guys. Me. Brian. Yeah, this was a lot of fun, guys. Thank awesome you. new album, uh, October sixteenth. Yep. Right. All right. Right on. Prophecy. Cool. Let's play it. Let's play uh, Thunder and Lightning. Right. All right. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Or Bye. stay. Whatever you want. We I'll stay. I'll watch this video again. Sure. Yes. Turn it up. Jeez. I was just a young man. You know we don't hear it, right? <laughs> right? You're aware of that. I don't think he's aware of that. I don't think he knows. No, I don't think he knows either, guys. No, he's rocking out. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's laughing. He doesn't hear us, right? Yeah, J Jason's just enjoying it. <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh. making... Yeah, there's Jason. We can't hear it, dude. Yeah, you're having a great time. We're watching you rock out. Ah, hold on. Oh God. So nobody can hear that but me. No, nobody no. can hear that but me. Forty-five seconds. Ah, You're ah, hold item. on, hold on. We're gonna try this again. Yeah, please, <laughs> please. Well, I just want to let you guys know I really enjoy it. Um, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, that was actually more Share audio. Um, I, okay. I liked that you were signaling to him, and he was like crazy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was listening to it loud. I wasn't quieting it down. All right, hold on. We're trying this again. Start yeah, it over. It for a second. Hearing that? You're yeah, sliding? Yeah. <laughs> I was just a young man. I was wandering in the rain. Got struck by lightning in the junk, fell to the ground in vain. But when I woke the next morning, I would miss something odd. My nuts were supercharged with glowing power from the gods. They were thunder and lightning, loads of massive strength and size. Thunder and lightning, powered spheres from beyond the skies. Forms of might made of Calling. I was destined to fight crime. No man could escape the justice my mini clackers could provide. So <laughs> See, I love the unitard. The best. Brian casually chest stabs someone. That's what I do. Lord, if you're there, please infuse my nuts with the power of a thousand suns. <laughs> Holy shit, you're real? Let there be thunder and lightning! A shot from the tree of life! <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Yeah, and Wag Dan. That was a lot of fun. Thanks. Thank you. All guys. right, Ninja Sex Party, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Take care. Thank you. I mean, how how amazing. Yeah, I, I, there's like that went by in two seconds. I, I think I got to all my questions. I, yeah. I, Who knows? I, I, Who knows? Listen, you'll you'll have more. You know, it's also nice though because it's, it, it's good people. You know, when they're surrounding by themselves with good people and they're putting out funny stuff, they're making people right. laugh. They don't well, take they, themselves seriously. No, and I mean they're older. They started old. I love that part of it. Like, yeah. you know, and they're just good dudes. You know what? You know what I want to talk about? You know, with my thunder and lightning. You know what I do with my thunder and lightning? I keep them. I keep it swaddled in some me undies. Listen. The the only thing that contain like Mjolnir. 
That's Thor's uh, hammer. <laughs> it's the only thing that traps the power of thunder and lightning. Is me undies. I, my Mjolnir, I, <laughs> is, is, is safely and comfortably ensconced in micromodal technology micromodal. by from the gods meandies no, from beechwood trees yes sustainable beechwood trees but those beechwood We're, trees come from the gods <laughs> yes they do they do come from the gods and and what meandies does is they take them from the gods and they turn the pulp to yarn Right. It's a very simple process. And then they get this proprietary thing. It's like Patagonia, except in your balls. And it's yeah. called micromodal. You know, oh. and it, it means modality, by the way. It's micromodality. Oh. Got it. it you have these, these tiny little fibers that are able to move around with your balls instead of your balls moving around against them. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's science for balls. It's, this, it's science where it's for thunder and lightning. But it's not just for balls. Nope, it's for pants, it's for legs, it's for shirts. And it's for all genitalia. Yeah, it's for all the, yeah, it's, and it's for, yeah, it's for, it's for V's and P's and B's and A's. It's non-binary. It's DVDA approved. By the way, nice. <laughs> Very well done. And, and it, it is so comfortable. I, I, the only reason I took off my sweatpants was to do this show, and I still put on another pair, it's just me on these, just shorter under my shorts. Yeah. I mean, so it's yeah. me on these and... MeUndies.com, offer code mm -hmm. stuck, go there, right. hang out there, um, get some MeUndies, listen to some Ninja Sex Party while you're doing it, because that will inspire you what kind of underwear do you wear, what Ninja Sex Party song are you listening to while you buy those. Stuck at Home is offering, they get a 15% off, so you get MeUndies.com, offer code stuck. Right, and by the way, I'd like to see a uh, Ninja Sex Party uh, me undies. Hey, if these guys got the same animators, I think they do. We can we can submit, guys. If you are a Ninja, Ninja Sex Party fan, send me that stuff. I'll get it out to me undies. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. I'm I'm on it. We'll put out a limited edition. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! The Thunder and Lightning limited edition. Edition, absolutely. The Mystic. I, the Mystic. How is that not a thing, by the way? I don't know. It's the perfect it's new. brand uh, modality. Yeah. Modality. Yeah, I used that's it. That's right. That's right. I don't know if I used it correctly, but I just like the word modality. I like it too. I like the way you used it. I, I yeah, you know, you, one of the key ways to make sure words mean whatever you want them to is just use them with confidence. Yes, amen, <laughs> amen. Like, uh, like, like our our dear friend Dave Schilling did about the vow, oh, where exactly. he said it's awful hagiography. And yeah. I said, I said, listen. By the way, this is why I love him and why his podcast is going to be huge. Let me say this though. <laughs> It's because he can, he has the balls big enough, yeah. the brass, you know, mental balls. These are, these are metaphorical balls, you metaphorical know, non-binary to lightning. use the word hagiography yeah. and realize that no one in that biography is being glorified in the vow, but yet he said it with such confidence. You go like, let me look that word up again. Make sure that I know what it means. Cause damn, it sounds like he knows something. Yeah. And no, listen, I, he's one of the smarter guys I know. Oh, he's smart. Yeah. But use it with confidence. And by the way, I bet uh, we'll have him on the next time and we'll talk yeah. about the vow. I actually want to do that. I want to argue with him about the vow. Yeah, I do too. And we're going to get into the vow a little bit more on Friday because I don't think we have enough time to really dig into it today. No, definitely uh, not. I did want to, if you have time, I did want to dig a little bit back. Where am I going? To, um, to, uh, uh, Tenet? Though, oh yeah, we'll get back into Tenet a little Margo? bit too. Uh, Lovecraft Country. Okay, yeah. I rewatched the episode after you kind of said, hey, it was a little full. I... 
loved that episode the second time I watched it. And I, I think I kind of figured why? out why. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, and, and that's what I was saying, because here's the trick with this. They've been tricking us this whole eight episodes and giving us all these little pieces and making them feel like little disparate stories. And this is the, the episode where it's like all this stuff just ties together. Like you have the monster from the first episode. And, and one of the other things that they did, which I think n that most shows don't do is people talk to each other. The sister, the, the, any other show, um, the two sisters, right. Mm -hmm. Would have found out that she could become a white person because it would have happened during some event and it would have been an accident. Like, oh, I can't believe you have these powers. Right. Why didn't you tell me this show? They talk about it. The, 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 uh, the, the Korean woman from that episode comes to the house to talk about it. They don't just like, it's not like it, it appears, the creature appears, the fox creature appears. It's not, mm -hmm. these, all these characters are actually engaging in conversation about what's going on with each mm -hmm. other. So none of the twists are them figuring out what, what's going on with the other people. And I like this episode because I felt like it was a, like, kind of like a, um, fellowship of the ring kind of thing where everybody gets together sorts their shit out so everybody knows what everybody else has and they can move on to the next piece as kind of a more unified team or a group of people with a similar goal. That's very interesting. I mean, mainly because the Fellowship of the Rings uh, was my least favorite. Right. Lord right. of the Rings. Well, that so, makes sense. But yeah, it's but consistent. It's, That's it's why table I think it's interesting. Yeah, it's table setting, right? It's a lot of table setting and so was the first Lord of the Rings. But it's that, that okay, we got this, I got this. I just like that they didn't do it the other way where it wasn't just a bunch of discoveries, right? Like mm. the, 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 typical way to do it would be, you know, the, the finding out that, you know, that, that she's that because the, you know, the kind of like the twist at the end where we found out that the white girl was also the, or the Braithwaite was also brothers, the brother, right? Which works. You don't need to do that again. We don't have to have that happen again between the sisters. We don't have to have that happen with tick, right? right. They can all talk to each other, and I think that that's. I think that that was really interesting to me. I liked the the the, the conversation Atticus had with his father. I know that that's a hard conversation to have in a show, and a hard conversation to have at that in that time period, and also with that you know with black with a black man and a son. You know, I I thought that they did a really good job of trying to put this stuff together without making it go without Atticus ever going, hey, I totally understand, and you know, and and being dishonest to the time period. But also being like trying to understand his dad, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought they handled that really well. That was one of the aspects of the episode I really did like um, in the way they navigated it. Uh, I thought one line really summed it up where he said, Did mom know? Like waiting for that, like you were deceiving her. And right. he's like, Yeah, she knew. Yep. And that to me is what really set it in Tick's heart. You know, to be like, uh, maybe I have to accept this, even though in that time period, you know, and th they're also talking about prejudice on every level so i will give that to the exploration or the autopsy of what these characters did with prejudice with racism you know and saying like here's you know a, a black man and his son and now the son is prejudiced against his father because his father's gay it's like so where you know that's a multi-leveled exploration of a character so yes i will i will give that and i thought that was really well handled um I don't know. I, I felt like I feel like with all the things that were explored and all the things that that have been discovered throughout these eight episodes. Um, and let me ask you a question real fast. Uh, sidebar: Didn't start out? Didn't Atticus start out wearing glasses? I think he does wear glasses sometimes, but yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, you know what? Someone's got to get on that. Like, listen, I know he's a good-looking dude. He doesn't want to wear those those Coke bottle glasses, but you know, 
it's a part of your character. You know, that's the guy. You looked like a tick. That's why you had that nickname with those glasses, I'm imagining. Right, right, absolutely. And they didn't make look, contacts I, back then. I mean, so I'm looking at the pictures just, just so you can, you know, like uh, he's not wearing them in shots from the first episode, but I think he was wearing them when he was reading um, in that first episode. I seem to remember that too, but he's not, it's not something where he was wearing them when he was going out on the town. So, okay, so so are they only reading glasses? Because here's the thing. I, I want to just get some continuity on that because the thing yes. is that, um, wait, they are reading glasses? Well, it looks like they're reading glasses. He has them in episode two um, when he's at the at the place, but he, in, in, in most of the imagery from episode one when they're, you know, they're, when they get caught and when they're in the forest and when they are driving, mm -hmm. he does not have the glasses on. Okay. So All I right. I but no, a it's a good question because I remember the same thing. Because um, I also think he looks damn fine in his glasses. You know, he does. He looks great either way. But the thing is, also, if you're dealing with the time period, you know, in the in the late fifties and sixties, there, you know, it, you know, early sixties, it's uh, uh, there weren't contact lenses. You know, you, yep. if you had glasses, you had glasses for life. Right. That's and not, and and if you were in the military, you had a very specific type of glasses too. So you had the big brown rimmed. Uh, like uh, I forget what they're called. Um, some of them about uh, virgin glasses, basically, is what they were they were called. There was an acronym for it because you'd never get sex in those particular glasses. Well, that's very that's very interesting. Um, they were birth control. Birth, yeah, that's what BCUs or BCGs. Birth BCG, control, birth control glasses. Yeah, that was it. My military vernacular. Dad. There it is. Um, <laughs> well, listen, that that but but then that begs the other question to me, which is, uh, you know, he was drafted or he joined. He joined. And would he be able to join with that eyesight and be sent to combat? Yeah, I, I don't think that would have been an issue. Oh, really? No. Okay, great. Yeah, no, I, I think great. that 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 was a very common thing. Um, you mm -hmm. know, I, I think that, you know, especially when he's considered draft and all that stuff, and especially what they were doing back then, like my, you know, for, for example, my grandfather was uh went to korea but he went to korea because he dated you know he was 18 he dated a 16 year old girl and that's uh uh it's had sex with her so that's mm -hmm. uh what's it called right statutory rape oh it is when you're in high school together like you know, i don't think they were in high school together i don't know oh, he was just an 18 year old he, okay yeah, gotcha but uh, whatever happened i don't know the whole thing because we didn't it's not something my mom and um everybody talking point talking point all the time yeah. but he but it, bottom line is the judge says you can either go to Jail. military or to jail right that's the kind of time period we're working on so as long as you could run as long as you were athletic as long right. as you could hold a gun you're going right so okay so so good so now i'm past those little things because listen that means the show's great obviously we, we've said this time and again uh i do wish they would uh, and, and i what i didn't hear and you talking about this episode was you saying that they decided on a you know protagonist oh yeah no i don't know that they have and I, I think you're right about that i still think it's letty i still think letty in and, and i think for for the most part right now after tick went forward in time i think that tick obviously has a spot here um but it's you know what's what's interesting and maybe what is you know i i guess this because it is an ensemble cast like it is maybe we're going to have a type of show where we're going to have a uh of a you know different protagonists that overarch, you know, change every time, you know, it's more or less, it's not a Harry Potter. It's uh, you know, it's a bad news bears. 
you know, or whatever. But <laughs> there were, you were, I think that maybe this season, maybe we'll do tell a lot of Tick's story and maybe he'll make it, maybe he won't. And then Letty's story will get told. And I think it could be one of those shows where it's going to focus like that. That's going to oh, change. Wait, wait, you're saying that Tick might, might be gone. Who knows? I, I mean, I don't You're think, just throwing it out there as a theory. Yeah, yeah as a theory. Okay. Like, Possible he theory. could die, and, you know, and this would be the type of show that would do it, you know? Um, I agree. And, um, and focus on the next person, and, and, and maybe it's Letty. I think that her story needs to be part of that. I think the, that, that this could be a show where you identify a, a big arc for everybody over time, um, because I thought it was really brave. You don't do that with a show like, especially an experimental show like this, where you actually are following what I thought were very side characters and peripheral characters and now have, you know, one of them's now in the future is like a super like genius, like, you know, yeah. the, this, this little girl is being chased around by the scariest two little like raggedy and dolls in the history of the world. Um, yeah. That, 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 that was, you know, listen, that, that was the other thing. Okay. So you, they, they are very creepy. Those, those dolls from the cover of uncle Tom's cabin, which is yep. a very ingenious idea to take that and illustrate it and, you know, characterize it and use it in that way. Um, that being said, they, they just like, if, okay, so I'm standing on the subway or on the platform for the train and those two, you know, I'm hallucinating them, but no one else is seeing them. And, you know, she's like screaming, are you seeing that? And he's like, seeing what? And right. I was like, okay, you know, like if they're not seeing it, I understand you're a little girl, but you're already acting well beyond your years. So, you know, they're not that scary to me, I'm saying. Got I wasn't. It. I wasn't that like. Oh my God! Run, run, get out of there! You know, as I well, was when I saw the the fox. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and I, I think that that's what's interesting about that too, because they're also not moving all that fast, right? <laughs> they're dancing. They're stopping. Yeah. They're not trying. Like it's like Bob Fosse birthed them. Right. It, it, there was definitely some pieces to that. Like even at that, that that little shot at the end of one of the scenes when they she rode her bike away down the street, and one of the girls like does the the heel click <laughs> like it, before the scene cuts out. But that's kind of why I liked it. I like the music. I like the idea of creating a dread for this kid. Like they're mm -hmm. not trying to catch her. They're gonna catch her, right? They don't need to worry about it. They're going to get her, and they're going yeah. to whatever they're doing. They're already there. They've already done it. It's just to put a, an anxiety into her and to like you know open her up to whatever they're gonna do. I think. I think that that's that would to me was the point. Like it's not to chase her. It's not to catch her. It's to put her in a position where she's vulnerable. So it's like uh, a fear foreplay. Yeah, exactly. For mm -hmm. something else. Right. When they catch her and they finally have her, they, they, they're, re they're ripping into her. But like, it sounded like with the, even what the police were saying was a little bit more along the lines of like, let we already got her covered. Like they're just, this is the distraction they need or whatever they're going to do to keep her. And they don't need to worry about her. They can focus on the other stuff. Okay, but you brought that up for a second. We have like another minute because uh, because we started late. So so I'm just gonna add this and then I'll be done. Uh, it, you know they're coming back to to her to find Hippolyta and they're because they're saying she killed the cop because they found the comic book. So when she went into the time warp that they used the key for, she grabbed or you know Tick and her went in together. Mm -hmm. We didn't see anything that happened to Tick. He just came out and he's like, huh? Right. He had what? the book. But we didn't see anything. We didn't see anything. So does that mean we're going to watch all that next episode? Um, I don't know. I mean, that would that would be the one place of where the exposition could have. And he got there too it. fast. Sorry, he got there right. too fast. He did. He did. He just said, "Hey, I can't, I also was in there. Somebody, this hooded figure gave it to me. I think the reason that they didn't, and they might reveal it later, is because that hooded figure is going to be him, or his dad, or Uncle George, or or Hippolyta, or somebody else. Like." 
the reason he didn't get to see it and they don't want to show it is because they don't want to give away who that person that actually gave him the book and shoved him back out the other door was. Yeah, like in Tenant with Robert Pattinson. Yeah, exactly. Like one of the same things. thing. I took yeah, care exactly. of him. Yeah, he did it several times, by the way. Mm-hmm. He was the guy, you know, I, I don't know if we talked about it. That Robert Pattinson's the guy that saved him at the- Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's the very beginning. Don't I'm not, if I'm spoiling this for you, you're already done. Yeah, man. You know too much. Yeah. But Pattinson saved him at the, the that was the guy that did the reverse bullet shot at the uh at the opera. Right. Right. So where the where the bottom of the thing yeah. yeah, where that's the first one that happens, but that's also Robert Pattinson, you know, like which never really gets expressed or is very explicit, but I learned that from the write-up too. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So now we've established that <laughs> tenant still sucks. Yeah. I, I hope I'm not, uh, you know, I don't really care one way or the other, but you know, I never read reviews. I am curious. Have the reviews been good for tenant? Te- they've been tepid, but okay. Like a lot of people go, it's confusing, but the, 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 the um, cinematography, I think it's one of those ones where everybody's like, we need to give this thing a chance. Like it feels very much like the reviews they got when that first star Wars came out. Remember uh, when Phantom mm-hmm. Menace came out and like the, fr- the initial reviews on that were about like three, three, three and a half stars out of four kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when people finally decided, okay, no, this was bad. That that's when the, the, the changed, but it feels very much like that. It's like the spectacle and blah, 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 mm-hmm. but you'll have a hard time finding it and you can't hear anything because he has to have some noise going whenever people mm-hmm. talk and, and, and the truth was, like, yeah. I'm glad we went and saw it in the movie theater because I'm glad we went to the movie theater. And I, actually, and, and I actually think that it would have been worse watching from home because, like we talked about, the audio and some of the stuff that they had in there really made up for some of the lack of the other stuff. Like, it was, you know, that was the strong, one it of the strongest. It was proper. Movies. It was being yeah. used properly. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, the movie theater part of it was the absolute most fun. Yep. By far. All right, so we are we are done now. We're officially done. So uh, another episode, man, in the books. I love in this. In the books. We'll be back. Um, Go. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, do you know who we have tomorrow? I, I don't. I mean, I think I do. I don't. You think you do when you don't. Well, um, hold on. I will tell everybody. Just give me a sec. And by the way, it's not tomorrow. It's our next episode. Oh, on our next episode. Yeah. In the next episode, we have, and I was really excited about, Eli Henry from Connecting, the new show on NBC. Oh, I Okay, great. Okay, good. So this is going to be very fun. So then, until uh, then, oh, wait, go ahead. And then Friday, or then our, our last show of the episode is going to be our no guest Friday, mm-hmm. and we're going to where we're going to be talking about the vow and talking about all the other stuff that came out. Mm-hmm. We'll also be able to talk about the season finale of The Boys. Mm-hmm. Already cool. over. It's already over. Already over. We're going to do the season finale at the end of the week. Okay. There's no Ted Lasso this week, so I don't know how my life's going to go I don't on. Know either. It's weird. So we're going to have to watch Connecting. We're going to have to watch The Boys. And uh, I have to say, not- I was a little disappointed that uh, you know that uh, Brett Goldstein and Juno Temple's, uh, uh, you know, they, they were like, no, we're not, they're not promoting. How yeah, no, promote we'll, the show? Start, we'll get, we'll get some British people. I'm going to figure out a we're way. Promoting oh, we're promoting for them anyway. We're promoting yeah. for them anyway. It doesn't matter if they're here. Yeah, yeah That's exactly. not bearing. All right. So everyone, stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. Take care.